Generation X Paranormal. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome back. Hey, everybody. So we've got a really interesting uh, show today. Um, it's not often we get to talk to somebody local, well, sort of local. Um, we're, we're both in Missouri, so we're pretty excited to have our next guest. Um, but kind of in, in with that, um, paranormal investigation. There's so much different things you can say about paranormal investigation. Some people call it ghost hunting. Some people call it whatever have you. <clears throat> whatever it is, our next guest is definitely a subject matter expert. Right? Absolutely. Yes. So Russell Reynolds is who we're going to be speaking with. And he is the founder of Beyond Life Paranormal Research in Missouri. And he is also a team lead for Cold Spotters in Missouri. Or Cold, Cold Spotters, Missouri. Um, so that tells you right there that not everybody gets in, invited to do that. That's a pretty big no, deal. No, it's a big deal. So, yes. you know, without without further much ado, because there was there's so much to go through and talk to him about, uh, rather than just sit here and hear me for a few minutes, why don't we just get right to it? Hey, Russell, thanks for joining us. How you doing? Good. Thank you for having me. Well, we're pretty excited to have you. Um, for starters, we, we usually aren't that close to home, but we're in the Missouri state as, as well. So it's kind of nice to have a, oh, nice. a local face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but listen, um, you know, not to take too much time going through intro, I, I really w want you to talk about yourself. I mean, tell us a little about yourself. Um. Russell Reynolds. I'm the founder of Beyond Life Paranormal Research, Missouri. I've been investigating the paranormal for close to 30 years now. The group wow. kind of started back in New York State, where I used to live, in like 2006. And uh, I moved here in 2012 and just carried it over to here. And I still had a group running for a while back there, but the one that was running it, she had some medical issues. So we just decided mm. to close that one out. Sure. And this that one's makes sense. been booming ever since. I'm also the cousin of Ed and Lorraine Warren and John really? Zappis. I know all, I know those names well. Wow. <laughs> That's awesome. So. Yeah, we, we, um, we, we like the Ed and Lorraine stuff. It's great. I'll be honest with you, though. Annabelle scares me. I, I'm not good oh, with yeah. dolls. <laughs> She's actually yeah, I've never getting been... ready to go to the Warren's Paracon in uh, Oh, really? Wow. That must mm -hmm. be pretty cool to see. Yeah, you I wouldn't mean, go near it, though. No, not yeah, a they chance. got a whole Between... room set up for all the artifacts that they bring. Between Annabelle and Bob, I, I you know about Bob. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Between those two, no thanks. I'll do paranormal shows all day long, but I probably won't go near either one of those things. <laughs> That's awesome. So you mentioned you were in New York. Um, what, what kind of brought you out to Missouri, if you don't mind me uh, asking? I have friends out here, so and I came out okay. to visit them, and I loved it out here. Yeah, it's pretty nice. A lot cheaper it's got... living, too, than New York Ooh. State. Oh, yeah. I bet. So. That's awesome. Well, um, so how did you become interested in being a, a ghost hunter or ghost professional? Um, and I'm going to use that term lightly because um, ghost hunting, I think, is just kind of is a little bit weird. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I'll let you speak to that. But kind of <laughs> what, what got you started in it? I lived in a house that was haunted when I was about six years old. And strange things would happen all the time. I mean, there, you'd light a candle and you'd see a breeze come blowing through. 
and the flame would flicker mm. and there'd be no draft or anything in the house. Stuff would move randomly, toilets would flush at night, water would turn on. And one night I heard a noise, it was probably about two, three o'clock in the morning. Woke up and here's a Civil War soldier standing in my bedroom door looking at me. Whoa. <laughs> so I'm like one of those kids, wow. put a blanket over my head, it's not real, it'll go away. Yeah, right. And then got the curiosity and looked up again, he was gone. But strange things would happen to my dad, my mom in there. They'd fold my laundry and put it on my bed, go upstairs, go put it away. It'd be scattered all over the floor, and us kids would be in school. Oh, my gosh. So not one of the helpful ones that actually put them in the drawers for you. (laughs) And, I mean, the heat would, in the middle of the night, would get turned down, and it'd be freezing. My dad think one of us kids got up and played with the heat, but we were too small to reach it. My sister was only, like, two or three years old then. Hmm. And uh, that's uh, that's pretty active. Yeah, no kidding. Come to find so, out, was after we moved out, other people would move in and rent the place, and they wouldn't stay there. They'd move out pretty quick, and then a couple from New York City had bought it. And they started renovating the place, and they opened one of the walls, and they found Civil War maps, uniforms, guns, money, bayonets. Hmm. And must have been like a safe house or something. It actually was you know? a Civil War hospital and base. Well, there you go. Okay. That, that makes that perfect makes sense. sense. I mean, everything was original wow. from the 1800s. It had the skeleton keys and everything for the doors. I lived in a house like that yeah. growing up, so I know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. And it was active as well. Yes. I think all of us that kind of get into this have some kind of a personal, you know, something that happened that got us into this. Yeah. I mean, I don't think anybody just stumbles on it, you know? And then even as I got older, when I moved, my neighbor's house was haunted as well. And I used to stay there as a kid, too, with their son. And we would see people walking around. We seen a little boy one night just sitting there throwing a ball against the wall. Wow. And That's it, pretty active. And then it turned and looked at you and then disappeared. So I guess I would be still pretty much... Uh... So was that area kind of just all a bunch of older houses? Yeah. Is what I'm guessing. Okay. Yeah, it was out in the yeah, country, so there's a lot of farmland mm-hmm. out there and dairy farms. And... Just out of curiosity, was that the Hudson Valley? Uh, It was actually the Sullivan County area, the southern part of New York. Okay. 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 We're just curious. <laughs> we've, we've, we've done a show recently about Hudson Valley, so just kind of okay, made where me Hudson think Valley about it for a minute. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've done a few investigations so, up in there. That would be a lot of fun. Yeah, I'd, I'd be very enjoyable. Uh, I, I don't know that I'd want to live there, but, right. <laughs> but it's no. kind of kind of a little too active for me to be honest with Missouri's you. Missouri's yeah. got its history too. Yeah, it sure yeah, does. And we'll we'll talk about that for sure because I think we share an investigation. Well, I would imagine anybody in Missouri kind of shares this place, but um, so kind of kind of taking a bit of a a step back. Well, how, what is your thoughts on ghost hunting versus what I think you guys probably do more? I wouldn't say it's ghost hunting. I think it, it, in my paranormal paranormal investigation, I'm not a big fan of ghost hunting, but if you could talk a little bit about that, basically like ghost hunting is more thrill seeking. 
you're out there for right. just the thrill of it and to have fun with it. Where that makes us a little different, we're more of the researchers. We're going out to houses to help people, also doing the research on the property and trying to get them spirits out of people's homes and make their lives at ease. I mean, sure. we deal with a lot of dark stuff, too. Yeah, sure. I'm sure you do. I know that, um, you know, when you think of the, and, and don't get me wrong, I'm fans of the shows, too, but... You know, you watch the TV shows, and and those mm-hmm. of us who've been around this for a while know there's there's a television aspect to that, and then there's the the actual part where people like yourself actually go out there and try to help yep. the community. So, and that's why um, I got into it to help people. I mean, we don't even charge for an investigation. We don't charge for cleansing. So, what? I know you started in New York, and in, now you're in Missouri. So, how do you reach out to people, or how do people get a hold of you? For uh, that? We're heavily advertised we have a website if you go on google and look up paranormal investigators of missouri we're the Mm -hmm. first ones that'll pop up awesome and then we're on facebook instagram okay and what areas do you serve do you just do missouri or do you go to other states states. i mean we travel quite a bit we've done stuff in ohio oklahoma indiana we've been to kentucky Really? Yeah. So you do span out quite a bit. Oh, yeah. We go all over. I've been called to go to Canada, too, for a few and Wisconsin. So by and large, since you're kind of traveling more of a more interstate, do you find that any one particular state is a little bit more active than the others? Uh, I think about the same. Yeah. Because you always wonder about that. Because so... For example, I'm originally from the West Coast, and the West Coast obviously hasn't been around as long as, say, the East Coast. So you often wonder if, you know, time and different things that have happened along the coastline in different cities leads to more paranormal. However, there's a lot of crazy stuff that's happened out West, yeah. too. So, Especially yeah. you got a lot of people with gangs out there shooting each other. Yeah. So you got a lot yeah. of that negative energy floating around out there. You know, one of the places that we, we love the most, not, we've done a show on it, but it's uh, Tombstone. I'm originally from Arizona. Okay. So, um, but you're right. A lot of that kind of that negative or the negativity, especially, you know, the gunfight and stuff like that. Obviously, a lot of people lost their lives during that time. So I would imagine that mm-hmm. causes for a lot of energy. Yeah. yeah. So <clears throat> do you find, and I know this is probably a mixed bag of all, but do you find more and and keep in mind, I'm going to ask you when we get into a little bit more about how you guys do your, your investigations, you know, some of our audience is very well in tune on how uh, paranormal investigations work and what, what materials and things that are your, you know, that you use sort of the tools of the trade anyway. But, um, but as far as some of the other ones, they're probably not as, as they're a little bit newer to it. So I'll probably ask you to, to explain a little bit more <clears throat> for something. Sorry about that. But um, so do you find that, that hauntings are typically more, say, residual versus um, just escape me? What are you asking? <laughs> <laughs> residual versus uh, active or um, ones that are actually intelligent. intelligent. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> Which is something I 
apparently I'm lacking a lot of right now. This evening. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so anyway, do you find that you run into more intelligent hauntings or more residual? Uh, a lot more residual. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a few and, we do run into, some intelligent ones, but we find more residual than we do intelligent. Yeah, I would think that's... See, for me, I think a lot of it comes from, and, and maybe you'll explain more about this, but... For residual hauntings, it's almost like uh, something that just keeps playing. It doesn't necessarily mean that the that the spirit or the entity even knows that it's there. Or maybe it's just a recording of that entity, but there's no way to really interact with it. No, it's just like a record playing over and over again at the same time. If there was okay. a door in that one wall that they rebuilt, he's gonna that entity is going to think there's a door there and just continue to keep walking through that wall. Right. All right, that makes sense. Yeah. And Missouri has a lot of, you know, caves and quartz and yep. limestone, and that's been known to basically record energy. So, you know, our state is full of that, so that kind of makes sense. Especially when you get down towards the Ozarks. We've I've done mm-hmm. a few down in there. Yeah, we're we're in that area. Yeah. So we, <laughs> we know. <laughs> and we're pretty oh, yeah. pretty in touch with that. Um so Explaining, uh, and I'll explain that a little bit. So residual haunting is like, like Russell said, it's like a record player, something that just keeps happening over and over again. Whereas intelligent, obviously you can converse or you can interact with them. Um, so that's kind of the basis of what I was talking about there. But, um, so on that, what equipment do you guys use? Uh, we use, uh, DVR cameras. I've got about three DVR systems. I've got two hard wires that are eight channel. And then one wireless. And we'll run them throughout the house. We use thermal, the Mel meter with the REM pod and shadow detection is my main go-to. Okay. Um, I don't use a spirit box very much, but I do the digital recorder. I'm kind of still like the old school bit of it with just the EVPs and stuff like that. Sure. And then document. So with, with the, um, I know there's a, a typical go-to EVP recorder that everybody gets, and for some reason it costs it's old and it costs like six thousand dollars <laughs> to buy it. But um, do you find that that just any um, digital recorder works, or is yeah. there any particular digital? I mean, I started okay. off with a little RCA digital recorder when I first started out. I just had a little EMF detector, a digital recorder, and a digital camera. Got it. So for the audience, can you explain a little bit on why EMF detection is is important to uh, to paranormal research? Well, they say ghosts are made up of electrical energy and static, where several different EMF detectors run on different frequencies. Like your K2 meter runs on a separate frequency than a Mel meter, which will pick up your cell phone. So you got to watch with a K2. You get a lot of false readings with those, where the Mel right. you won't. If you got it sitting there and it starts spiking out of no reason, then there's a possibility you have something there. But it Mel will pick up on like electrical boxes and stuff like that. We did a case in Indiana where we got called in because they thought they were seeing uh, a little girl in the corner and stuff was moving around the house, which when we got there and we did our baseline EMF reading, the whole building was filled with high EMF fields. So it was making them hallucinate 
make right. them see things right. that weren't there. So we couldn't really do an investigation. We ran the equipment, the cameras and stuff, but we never captured anything. It was just too much high EMF. That's really important to point out too, because I know that I have seen investigations and where you're right, you take a baseline uh, <clears throat> EMF and if it's so high, uh, people who don't understand that actually has a very profound impact on people physically. Mm -hmm. um, like you said, you can hallucinate, people get sick. Um, there's a lot of different things that can come from EMF. Right. And this girl, she had her kids taken away from her and she mm. was accusing mm -hmm. the paranormal activity of it. And I That's tried to shame. explain to her, we cannot sign paperwork on that because it won't hold up in a court of law or anything like that. Right. And that's sad. That is sad. So I don't know. I haven't heard from them if they ever got them back or not. Or Yeah. I mean, hopefully they got some of that EMF taken care of. You yeah. Know that, I mean? The building used to be a factory at one time and then they just converted it to an apartment complex. Right. Well, I know that a lot of different, um, some, especially some of the older homes, Sometimes you walk in, you get that immediate eerie feeling, and a lot of people will say, well, then it's got to be, you know, maybe uh, potentially haunted or right. something's going on when the reality of it is it could just be bad EMF because mm -hmm. of some of that wiring in a house can be really, you know, super old where it doesn't have the, the coating or the sheathing around it to yep. to protect. Uh, yeah. And not many people so, realize that our bodies ourselves give off a faint EMF field. Right. Hmm. Right. I didn't actually know that. Yep. Yeah. That's why on the rim pod, I think if you touch it, oh, or you that's get close why it to it, 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 it yep. yeah, okay. it goes off. That makes sense. So since I brought it up, can you explain the rim pod a little bit? <laughs> I've done it. I know about it, but like I said, some of our, some of our audience may not. Well, with the rim pod, main thing you want to do is just set it way out away from you. And, I mean, even if a bug lands on it or a fly, it will set it off. Is Anything that comes in contact with that antenna is going to set it off. Sure. Walkie-talkies work on the same frequencies as your REM pods do. So when you squeeze that walkie-talkie button, you're going to set your REM pod off. Right. And kind of like the uh, the the sound you would get in old school speakers, like if your phone was going to ring. That. Yep. I mean, I can't. I can't make it up. <laughs> but it also sets off the millimeter too. They'll run on the same frequencies as your walkie-talkies. Okay. Does does a channel make a difference, or does it all pretty no, much the same? No, it's just pretty much the same. That frequency, some reason, it picks it up real quick. Okay. Hmm. What about and and you didn't mention it. It's just one of the few devices that I'm still trying to. This is one of the very few devices that I'm still trying to wrap my head around. Was that Geoport? If you know what I'm talking okay, about yeah, with those things. Do. We don't have one, but I've seen them. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, those are the only ones that I think for yeah. me is just kind of. First of all, how they hear, you know. And how you can under I mean, there's so many voices coming yeah. out. So how do you determine what, yeah, I never got that either. See, we. Yeah, uh, confuse me too much. We try to buy some equipment from uh, Katie Stafford. Okay. And Supernatural Link. He makes some pretty good spirit boxes to where they're kind of legit. Right. And mm -hmm. I've. I've seen some of the demonstrations he's done with them. I've, we went to Metacon where he was in Kansas City, and he gave us okay. some demonstrations on the spirit boxes. 
we were actually standing there and the spirit box was going off talking to my team and I. Really? It's wild. Wow. So tell us a little bit about your team. I know there, there's yourself, but um, how, how many are on your team? There's and... about seven of us. Okay. Each got a different skill set. Like my dad, he's been my main one with me through all of this. He, uh, he's got abilities to read people. He can tell if well, our client's kind of... lying to us or they're hiding something from us. Yeah. It comes in handy, I'm sure. <laughs> and then sure. Tammy, my lead investigator, I've known her for 20 years. She's been investigating. She's actually from back east as well. She had a group in Pennsylvania. Oh, okay. And she moved yeah. out here with her husband because her husband's in the Army National Guard down in Nevada. He's my tech yeah, guy. Yeah, I was in the Army. Okay, cool. Yeah. And then That's awesome. I've got Christina, who's our medium of the group. And then that... Jen, she's uh, also a researcher. She's investigated by her solo before, so she's kind of similar to the same skill set I am. Okay. And then I got my buddy Eric, whose dad used to investigate. So Eric's been around it as a kid, investigate with his dad. Seems like a pretty solid team. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Yeah. What's it? So I know that a lot of, um, you know, a lot of shows and everything, they they don't tend to always bring a, a, a psychic, but having one available on your team, how does that help with your, your investigations? Well, with them picking up different energies, they let us know which is, are the hot spots. Right. I kind of Do they... tend to test my psychics to see. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like you're probably more, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you're probably more results-driven. You you want to see actual yep. tangible things, whereas it might be tough for someone who's kind of more geared for that to to kind of feel or at least understand or wrap your head around what a what a psychic may be, yep. may be trying to tell you. Uh, it makes perfect sense. And then, like, with us being, we're part of Cold Spotters, Missouri also, which is Cold Spotters, British Columbia. Hmm. Oh, okay. okay. I don't know Can you tell us a little bit about that? Do you, have you ever guys heard of Rob Dermarest from Ghost Hunters International? Yes. yes. It's his Absolutely. girlfriend, Amanda Quill, that is the founder of Cold Spotters, and we work with them, too. Oh, we took awesome. over Missouri for them. And wow. they don't just take Great. anybody and everybody. You have to be legit to actually be part of Cold Spotters. Sure. That's, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That's, congratulations. Thanks. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So you wanna... we work quite a bit with them on cases. Yeah, I, Ghost Hunters, I mean, that's one of those mainstays, you know, that I think everybody kind of kind is into that's been mm -hmm. in this for a while. They, you know. Kind of started it off in yeah. a way as far as, like, television is concerned. Yeah, yeah. You know? at least made it much more mainstream mm -hmm. anyway. And normal. Yeah. Say normal. Yeah, normal. <laughs> yeah. Especially Rob. Rob's a good dude. I've known Rob for over 20 years. Him and I both come, grew up in New York. So Rob's actually awesome. the reason why I got started. He helped me get started. Yeah, that's, that's, that's really awesome. cool. And there's a funny story behind that. I used to be a DJ. Oh, okay. Okay, and cool. he was still with GHI then. He asked me to make him a mixtape, and he said in return he'd help get started in Paranormal Field. So I made him a mixtape. So he could listen to on his way overseas. 
Oh, wow. And then it went Best mixtape you ever made, probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. That's really cool. We've been friends ever since. That's really cool. So you want to talk about Missouri State? Well, let's let's <laughs> let's, let's talk, before we get into that. Let's talk about uh, kind of keep it on you. Um, so you want to talk about some of the, the investigations that they've had, or? Oh yeah, I mean that's probably one of them. That's why I brought it up. Okay, fire away. So you know we've done the the tour at Missouri State a couple of times yeah. now. Um, we've had. You know, things happen both times. Mm -hmm. You know, we, my family went with me, and I, I saw that you guys investigated it. So Yeah, we did the over, tell us hour anything. overnight. Okay, okay. It was, yeah. it was a pretty active night. We got some good yes. results. Cell housing four down in the dungeon cells when we first started off. We got all set up, and uh, we were all ready starting to record. I was filming on my handheld full spectrum camera and we heard a woman go hello <laughs> and there's they never housed women down in the dungeon cells it was only just firebug right right yeah and the firebug um that's an interesting story um yeah so that's the guy that got put into the dungeon for what was it, 18 years yep. i think it was mm -hmm. and you know for starting the fire and uh, I think he went blind, didn't he? Yeah, he he ended up going blind because I mean, there's yeah. the only light that's down there is actually the hallway. That's it. There's no right. lights in the cells. Mm -mm. Yeah, we we did that part too, and then you know, <laughs> they they tell you, okay, we're gonna shut the light off, and right, you know, I've yeah. been I've been the sea, <laughs> I've been out there where it's been what I would have considered pitch black, but you don't realize what pitch black is until you've been in pitch black. Yep. And when they kill that light, it's like all of a sudden, all your other senses like go into hyperdrive. You're, oh, yeah. You now know your heartbeat. You can hear your, I mean, you can literally, your hearing just increases by like tenfold. I mean, for me anyway. Mm -hmm. You want to know about my, so my uncle, my aunt and uncle went with us the first time. And it was the, the time period where the tour guide was like, okay, we're going to be quiet for about a minute or something like that. And he was just like, what, five feet away from us, yeah. I think. And we just, we just hear him whisper, whisper to my aunt, did you say something? And she's like, no. And then he just does this. Because oh. <laughs> <laughs> somebody had whispered in his ear. Well, I heard it. We were, we were across from each other and mm -hmm. I heard. <laughs> and even I was like, Okay, some either that was a tour guide saying, "Hey, you guys need to be quiet," or because it was so loud, right. and mm -hmm. that's what he heard. And I'm just like, "Yeah." That... But he heard it right behind his ear, and my <laughs> aunt was the only one standing there. And then there was the wall. Yeah. So there was nobody else back there. Right. So it was, yeah. Yeah. It was pretty significant well, for that, we had a, that time. We had another experience done. We finished off in the dungeon cells, so we had motion lights set up one of the music boxes because we went with another team that weekend and we brought this young girl with us. She had just started investigating. So wow. I got near the last motion light and I just stood beside it and I was acting like I was a guard telling him the firebug he's in the wrong cell. He needs to come out. Well, music box went off and motion light, motion light, motion light. And then the one right next to me, and immediately, this girl just flipped out. 
Oh my god! And the rest That's of a heck my of a team warm up. are just standing there laughing because she's like, <laughs> "He's standing there, and it's standing next to him. That light's going off, and he's not moving." <laughs> not my first rodeo. That's what I told her. <laughs> yeah. And even when we started off that night, there was another two that wanted to go with us, and I'm like, "Well, if you get scared." I suggest you not go with us because you're going to see something. You go with us. Yeah. Well, and that's one of those places where, I mean, there's activity to me it's just about the everywhere. Yeah. The only I mean, place we didn't really get activity is up in the female wing. They So that's interesting. They don't like males up there. They will not interact with guys up there. If the females go up there by themselves, mm-hmm. they'll get activity. Even Diana, the tour guide, was telling us that. Only females go yeah. up there. So we had a really interesting, uh, I say interesting because I'm sure it can be debated, but um, you know, when iPhones first came mm-hmm. out, they did, or not iPhones, but when they did that, where they would take a picture and would do a series of pictures, Yep. but then you would only get the one. So, but if mm-hmm. you held it down, it would show you like a video, right? Like a real yeah. quick video. Well, this one here goes into, <laughs> goes into one of the uh, female cells mm-hmm. and I go in there and we're both like, it just feels a little It just felt, yeah, off. Felt like a blanket was on you, you know, one of those weighted blankets. And I'm like, okay, something's going on. So we both kind of step out and she takes her phone, turns around and hits the the picture, the, well, the picture button. Boy, I tell you, it's the, uh, (laughs) hits the button to take the picture. Well, we didn't think much of it, of course. And then, you know, we went through that hole and that was the same trip that, that the uh, dungeon thing happened. When we got home and we looked at that picture, when you force held it, you could see a, and this is something I, I always have an issue with, an orb. Um, but you can see a a light manifest. By the way, as you know, it is completely dark in there. Mm-hmm. So nothing's going to emit its own light. No. And it just kind of kind of shows up and then does this like. Beeline right yeah, right at me. Right out, <laughs> right out the door towards her. And I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, that was interesting. You know, and, and, you know, when we, when we first got into paranormal research and you take a picture and if there's dust in it, you see all the orbs. Yeah. Well, you got or bugs, orbs, right. Yeah. Or bugs, mm-hmm. you know, and, and as we've gotten further along in all the years, obviously we know that that's just, that's just light refraction off of dust. Right. But this, no, it, this hadn't, this literally manifested in thin air and then came out and it had motion with it. So we were both, that was, that was one of the very few where we're like, Hey, I'm. I was a little freaky, but I'm kind of really glad we got right. this because it, that's pretty pretty solid. And then <clears throat> when we were in the last time we went, um, we were in is it B cell where you had the the male with the four um, the four levels, and then that's where the dungeon was. Am I am I saying that right? Or which which cell is that? Or is that A cell? Uh, I believe that's in uh, cell housing three. That's where solitary is and death row. Okay. <clears throat> that's the one with the where the roof got blown off. Yeah, in the okay, that's that's and the they replaced oldest it. part of the prison. That's where the dungeon cells are, is in cell housing right. four. Okay. Right. So we were there this last time, and I was, you know, we had been there a couple of times before, so we weren't too much into the story part. And and you know, the tour guides were amazing, but they're always really good about explaining everything. We'd we'd heard it already a few times, so we kind of knew the bulk of it. So I spent a lot more time just kind of looking around as I was, Mm -hmm. I didn't the first time. So I snapped this picture and I'll send it to you. It's, it's interesting because the, even the tour guides got a good conversation out of, they asked me to send it to them, but there's a, a tall shadow 
by that um if if you're looking straight on where the dungeons are the you know the stairs yep. that go down on the left hand side there's like a fire extinguisher box area okay yeah i know um, what you're talking about it's about midway down yep. on the first floor there was a very very noticeable uh shadow there and I, I remember looking at it, and I'm, and I'm just looking it over, and I'm like, the first shot I took wasn't there, of course, and then the next one after that wasn't there. So I'm like, okay. I raised my hand. I'm like, I think I may have seen something <laughs> here. So, so we go over there, and, and of course, the tour guide's like, oh, you know, they start looking at it, and I could tell that they were much more interested because they kept bringing other tour guides. Right. Hey, you should check this out. So then mm-hmm. I sent it to them, but yeah, it's just for us. Every time we go there, it, it seems to be. I mean. Obviously, I'm sure you're going to go there sometime where it's not as active, but I feel like there's always some sort of activity. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Even in that cell housing, we were up on – the rest of the team was on the main floor. So the one girl that was with us, she's seen a shadow darting in and out of the cells up on the second floor catwalk. Okay. So I headed up there, and I started walking the catwalks like I was guard. And I circled back around to where they were standing up on the catwalk. And sure enough, she gets touched on the back of the leg and starts cussing. And prior to that, my <laughs> father had said to her, we went out to dinner with this team, and he says, you're going to get touched in that prison tonight. Wow. And she got touched on the back of the leg. I don't know if I could have walked in there. <laughs> no. Knowing that. But he, I mean... even in solitary in cell housing three, we were walking the catwalks up there. And you could hear cell doors slamming in front of us. Wow. And that's the thing that if you've never been to one of these sites that, that I think a lot of viewers and people that have never really been to any of these, these now closed penitentiary, even penitentiaries that aren't closed, but you know, there's so much energy there. There's just a feeling immediately. Yeah. Yeah. And look, Talking about that catwalk, I always feel something yeah. when I walk in there and look up there. I almost don't want to look up there because I feel like I'm going to see something. There was a picture yeah. captured off the second floor catwalk when the tour guide, Jenny, captured a picture up there of a shadow leaning over the rail looking down. Mm. Mm. Yeah, What's... see? <laughs> What's so weird about that? No, it's there. Is when you walk into Missouri State Penitentiary, especially that particular building you almost feel like you're the show and they're the audience (laughs) you know like they're watching you Mm -hmm. giving them entertainment (laughs) yeah it's such like a reversal i feel like sometimes when you're walking in there because you feel like all of a sudden like kind of like in that cell where you got the you know you got all the catwalks and you got all that stuff you feel like kind of like how those old operation rooms where people used to sit and watch people do an operation where they're just like peering over you Mm -hmm. that's kind of how it feels when you're walking yeah. Did you it guys does. go up to the it museum does. at all? The old warden's house? We didn't go. No, we wanted to. It was part of, I know it's not on the premises, but we didn't get a chance to go. I think the next time. Usually when we go, it's closed because it's, you know, we do the night tours yeah. and stuff. So. And actually the two times we've done the tour have both been on Halloween. No, so. the first time was, the second time was just before. Oh, that's right. Well, that's before right. our night investigation, we went up there and. Jenny was working, and Jenny recognized us right off the bat, who we were. My dad went over. There's a mannequin in there dressed as a guard. He went over there and shook its hand, walked out with looked like finger mark bruises on his arm. Like something grabbed him. And then we captured a picture out of there of the Kansas City butcher. 
who was housed in Missouri State Penitentiary. Yeah, I remember. I that. knew. Yeah. yeah. Wow, that's awesome. And uh, even that night, I walked out with a looked like a cigarette burn bruise on the inside of my forearm. Mm, wow. Well, they used to do that, didn't yeah, they? To did. each other. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And I and I know in the um, where death row is, they've got that the crawler or the the word I'm looking for, but the one that kind of crawls on the ground and and. I know that I've never seen that, but I know a lot of people say that. Oh, have. in that last building you're right. talking yep. about. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we never yeah, saw I'm glad it, I didn't see that. <laughs> but I did see the Creeper Waverly Hills Sanatorium. Waverly Hills. Yeah. We've been there too. Oh man. Now we've never had a chance to do that one. That is on a that is on a very short list for us. Paranormal bucket list. <laughs> I'll tell you right now, yeah. it lives up to its name, the most haunted place in America. The same I've heard that about that. The same team like we Penhurst. went with to Missouri State Penn, we went with them to Waverly. They rented the place out for two nights, and that Friday night, they didn't get nothing. So the second night we walk in, we're on tour, and it's like gates of hell opened up. Everybody wanted to play all of a sudden. <laughs> right. We're on, I mean, we're on least... tour with Vince, the tour guide. And we're walking around the outside. We're seeing figures looking at us out the window. That's wild. And then we get wow. in the back of the building, and there's an exit door. Vince seen something looking through the door, and we thought maybe it was the other team walking around. So I walked up there and looked, and there was nobody. And hmm. that place that night, before we started off, one of my members, she smoked. So she was taking cigarettes. So I walked the atrium looked on the outer catwalks here's the creeper crawling across the floor jeez so i called my one member over and he he looked and he saw him so i was like just keep the camera pointed at him i started towards it and as fast as i got to it it was gone wow and that's something and then we went on you are braver than i could be we went on the fourth (laughs) floor to the surgery room and Vince had said he laid on the table there doing a session and something lifted his leg up. So I tried to recreate something similar. I laid on the table and I played like I was sick and had my member wheel me under the light. And I heard a noise out in the hallway. So I went to sit up to look. I couldn't move. It was like I was being pinned to the table. And then we had a motion light sitting on the shelf and it went off and then we heard two women scream in the hallway so my immediate thought was text that other team find out where they're at because they had women with them they were up on the fifth floor out on the roof they were doing an essers method explain that i'm not sure i understand that's where you it's with a spirit box you put on noise canceling headphones oh oh, okay and you have one person asking questions and that person with the spirit box can't hear what you're asking and they relay the answers right. yeah i've obviously i've seen that done i just didn't know that was an actual term for it yeah and uh yeah. as we were walking back you can only investigate till 4 a.m so we were it was about quarter to four and we were walking back this white figure comes running down the fourth floor hallway runs in between my member and i and just disappears hmm. Wow. 
And then when you get so, on the first floor down there, <laughs> there's a gentleman down there that does not like women. He will cuss at you. <laughs> we were doing a spirit box session down there, and uh, we had a, there was a skeptic with us. So we were letting him ask questions, and this thing was calling him every cuss word in the book. How did he feel about that? He thought it was funny. Yeah. Then the one girl, she asked a question and it called her a dumb bitch. Jeez. Wow. So then, That's pretty So rough. then it come to me and they asked him if he liked me. He said I was an asshole. <laughs> Which is... <laughs> kind of a crotchety one. It's, it's an <laughs> yeah. inside joke with my team because usually on investigations, I will get cussed at because my line of questioning is direct and to the point because I don't like to beat around sure. the bush with them. Right. right. And uh, we had 2K2 set up on the table and my millimeter with the REM pod, and they were all going off together. Hmm. Pretty active. That That is definitely an intelligent haunting. Yep. Yeah. Then there's the body chute, <laughs> which yeah. we went all the way to the bottom of the body chute, and we got a picture of a black mass coming, filling the whole body chute coming down at us. Jeez. And the, there's the Waverly Hills challenge, which is you do the body shoot at 3 a.m. Mm. Is there a reason why 3 a.m.? Because that's when it's most active. Sounds sounds what I was expecting to hear. And and you did this, yep. correct? <laughs> then there's the more there, then there's the other one where you have to lay on the morgue slab. Poor guy said, lay in there by yourself for 15 minutes. And have your team stand out in the hallway. So I said, I'll do you one better. I'll lay in there for two hours. <laughs> well. Brave man. Yeah, I don't know that I would do that. <laughs> yeah, I do. So, I'm like the guinea pig. I'll do most things that people won't do. Well, yeah. I think it's good to always have someone like that on a team because, you know, you, you need to have somebody that's a little bit of a cowboy, you know. Yeah. Um, otherwise, everybody's just like, mm -hmm. you know, sometimes you need to have that extra mile in you. Like, um, we just so, did an investigation in Oklahoma. We did a private residence, and the guy was playing with satanic stuff. And Yeah, that never causes problems. He brought something in there, and we it was just my dad and I, because the rest of my members had to work. So I was investigating solo. Man, and that's rough. Our one DVR camera started pulsating in the hallway and all of a sudden you see this big black figure just show up in it so i went back there and i stood there looking at it and it's like the hallway just filled up black and then this little oh. five foot figure come running at my legs and then just disappeared yikes i feel like something would get punted at that point so speaking to that, have you ever had anything follow you home once. from any of your Only investigations? Once. And Those are good odds, I guess. <laughs> very seldom they do follow me because I tell them they need to go back where they came from. Right. The one that did, you... he was. it was waking me up in the middle of the night. It took one of my dog's toys and threw it at my bedroom door one night. Wow. Yeah, there'd be there'd be rough times for us for that one. <laughs> I came out and I just said, "You need to go back wherever you came from, or I'm going to cleanse this whole <laughs> house out, and you will be gone." Right. Never <laughs> heard I got something out of for it. you. Wow. 
So kind of dialing it to more residential. And, and of course, I'm sure there's a lot of confidentiality that you can't talk about certain yeah. things, but what, um, you know, keeping that in mind, what are some of the things, or I would say, what are the sort of your top five of things that you've, that you've kind of ran into? I've ran into someone that was on their way to possession at a point her eyes rolled in the back of her head and an upside down cross got scratched into her neck while I'm standing there looking at her. Nice. Oh, geez. Oh, yeah. That, um, so what, what do you do? With yeah. What, like that? what do you do? <laughs> well, her, she wasn't fully possessed to where I had to call in clergy. We were able to do a cleansing on her and the home, but it took several months. We had to keep going back. And now she's right. back to normal. She's back to her normal life. I mean, she was to the point she was fighting with her husband. And yeah, there was a closet down in the basement that she was afraid of. And she went down with us to look at that closet. And immediately, it's like a switch flipped, and she started freaking out. And she ran back upstairs, and then she kept saying, it's mine. I don't want him to leave. Because I wanted her out of the house for the night, so I didn't want her yeah. in harm's way or anything. And that's when she started her episode with her eyes rolling in the back of her head and the upside-down cross on her neck. But if it gets too haywire, I do have connections with uh, Farrah out of Springfield. She's okay. a demonologist. She used Her name used to be... Sister Farrah Rose deal, now it's Sister Farrah Rose Terry, and she works for the Dicey's office in Springfield, so anything like that, I just well, call her, and she takes it from there. That's good. It's good to have something like that, because, yeah. you know, paranormal investigation, you know, documenting entities is one thing, but getting into demonology and getting into... Yep. Getting in situations like that, that's where I think at that point you want to be able to have that kind of Oh, absolutely. And she's been yeah. mentoring me, too, as far as the demonic and stuff like that. And sure. Because, mm -hmm. I mean, we do deal with a lot of that. We're one of the few groups that will deal with it. Do you find that that's often the case where a lot of paranormal investigators won't even yeah. deal with demonology? Yeah, because it's rough. I mean, we're getting ready sure. to work on a case now that they had a team in there and strange stuff is going on with the client's boyfriend and the team ended up just packing up and left and they never heard from him really? again. Something scared them out of there. Wow. I mean, that's got to be a hard thing to decide what to do there as far as the team is concerned. But if your you know, main goal is to help them, you kind of got to stick it out, yep. you know? And I mean, we've yeah, and I would we've dealt with a lot of hoax too. A lot of it's psychological, and I mean, we've dealt with people with drug problems, schizophrenia. They're on medicine, antidepressants, and that's where we do our substantial background checks on our clients and stuff like that. So we know sure. what we're walking into. I mean, we that's good. I check for a history of violence and stuff like that. Because you, you don't know nowadays, you walk in, you walk into somebody's house and get shot. Very yeah, easily. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So we do yeah, phone I mean, interviews before we even go out there. And... I mean, that's good. You got to keep your team safe and you got to keep everything mm -hmm. above board. So, 
I mean, that makes perfect sense. And I you know, even and instruct that's... them if they've got guns or any weapons in the house when we come, them guns are locked up and gone out of the house. What about gun safe? I mean, is that fine or? Uh, yeah, because I mean, if something out. takes them over, they're not going to remember the combination. Gotcha. Right, right. I was just curious. I, you know, that's something I never really thought about, you know, and yeah. something like that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that would think, be a ri- a huge risk. Well, for sure. And then you think about, you know, and I'm sure for you, doing that vetting process is very important. But I'm, I think most people who don't understand that how much how much background you have to go through yep. to get a you know to help somebody out, you think, well, you just show up and you do some investigation. Well, I, I would imagine there's a lot that goes into that because you're right. If somebody was, you know, at least had some mental issues or or had you know, if there was something else going on, especially if there's drugs or anything else involved, I mean, that's not really at that point paranormal. That's just somebody with with some severe issues. Yeah, like I had one guy that called me. He was on meth, and he said he had a demon living in his lip. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think he's got a lot of demons <laughs> going on, but it has nothing to do with it. We know. just got off another one weird case over the weekend. A guy was camera happy, thinking he's seeing ghosts and stuff, and he's on a lot of heavy medication and stuff, and he he's thinking right. he's making out with ghosts and he's having sex with ghosts. Oh jeez! And oh. we went there. Oh, we didn't geez. capture nothing in the house. Right. Everything was outside, connected to the land itself that we were seeing. I mean, we heard mm. a woman's voice outside and. We've seen a few shadows here and there, but that's about it. And I did a cleansing either way on his house and him. And right away, I'm getting phone calls shortly after we left at like four in the morning that he's seeing spirits again. It's banging his head off the couch. And he took a picture and sent it to me and said it was Hat Man. And you can clearly see it was just a bunch of leaves. Right, right. Well, that, I mean, medication can really screw you. Yeah, you bet. I mean, I hurt my wrist not that long ago and they gave me medication and I thought I was flying like Superman. So, I mean, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, it's (laughs) easy to make you hallucinate. Yeah, Mm -hmm. for sure. So, it sounds like, and it's great, you and your group have a lot of compassion in what you do and for the people that you're, that you're helping. Um, But I also would imagine there, there comes a point where, Maybe what you're doing just isn't enough. What do you guys do at that point? Do you turn to somebody else or do you, how do you react to something where it just might be beyond, kind of like with that demonology, but what, what, what do you do when you get to a point where you, you know, you can't do much more? We just basically try to coach them along and try to explain to them that, look, there's nothing more we can do. We did everything we could as far as cleansing if they don't follow our instructions, then, like I tell them, with us being so busy, we can't just drop everything. We got other people that need us to go sure. back there right. and do another cleansing because you decided you wanted to invite something else back in. Right. Now I would imagine that has... Now, I, I don't know how you feel about these things, but I'm not a huge fan of them, like Ouija boards. Yeah, I'm not a fan I, of them either. I just, 
I know that a lot of people say that that's just another device to communicate, but I'm a big fan of saying that something you can buy at Walmart on clearance is not something I want to bring into my exactly. house and I can talk to a demon on. <laughs> you know? I just, no thanks, I'm good. Well, that's <laughs> we did another case with a guy, and he was researching stuff on the internet. He was doing the witchcraft stuff, and and he ended up conjuring up stuff in his house. And when we were doing the investigation in his bedroom, I mean, he had religious stuff up. And we were getting, on the audio, we got satanic chanting, laughing, mocking church music. And now I see the, the guy's back. He stopped for a while and continued doing his religious stuff. Now I see he's back at it again with his cameras and posting stuff and I'm sure that feels a little defeated sometimes yeah, it you does know. but yeah. you can't it's like beating a dead horse at times right yeah. you can't control other people's actions right. like yeah. the one we or just did the guy that it. was practicing satanism he promised us he'd stop for his kids sake but he's back doing it again and there's kids involved. Yeah. Yep. And that's that, even worse. See, with us, if there's kids involved, that takes first priority for us. We're right there sure. when there's kids involved because they're easy targets. Oh, yeah. yeah. I would imagine that's true. I mean, not only the fact they don't have the experience that we all have in dealing with the world, but they're so young and probably easy yep, prey. And they're very for, sensitive for to this. I mean, they, they can see it mm -hmm. better than we can. Right. Right. Which is where it comes to, like, all of us were kids when all of this started yep. for all three of us, it yeah. sounds like. Yep. so. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then I grew up with the abilities, too. I can see them and feel them. And... Mm -hmm. I've got, so here, here's where it gets funny. I, I, I don't want sometimes to have what I've got, um, <laughs> but I, I definitely have that. We will walk in places and oftentimes she'll say, do you feel anything? And I'm like, I really don't want to talk about it. Right. <laughs> you know, you yeah. know, yeah. and uh, it, it, it is, it's not only is it a gift, but it's definitely one of those that if you don't know how to control it, it can, it can be pretty rough yeah, getting around certain be. places. I mean, especially yeah. if you don't, if you're not strong enough to have control of your body, something mm -hmm. can take your body over because you're too open to it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I had a former member that was like that, and she would get sick on every investigation yeah. we did. That wow, that that's rough. Every investigation, yep, she would be that, coughing, that'd be really difficult, nauseated, lightheaded. We actually had well, to carry her up the body chute at Waverly. Oh my god! Yeah, that'd be really tough. That's a that's, that's a long yeah. That's way to a go. rough place to try to do and that. that incline. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Oh geez. And, well, Russell. Um. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No. And uh, even with a lot of the kids too, we get a lot of them. Parents try to tell them, "Oh, there's nothing there," and they don't believe. And these kids are mm -hmm. pointing at stuff. And we did a case right. where these three kids, the one daughter threatened to stab her mother with a pair of scissors and the rest of them wouldn't talk or anything to us and we finally able to break through to them and they were just chatterbox and they just come up and gave us all hugs and 
It's good. I mean, that's that's where it makes it worth it, you yep. know? I mean, you know, you you go through, which I'm sure it's it's significant cost for you guys to go out to different places, especially not charging anyone. So, yep. you know, that's kind of a, that's kind of a great payment all in itself is knowing that you have actually helped somebody. Mm-hmm. And young, young children too. I mean, I work with young kids, so that means, means a lot to me that you're doing that. And, and there's nothing better in the world than getting, you know, that satisfaction of helping a young child yep. and having them hug you for it. You know, you know, you've really made a difference. Yeah. Especially our Ohio, the one we did in Ohio, the little girl's got, she's autistic. Mm. Yeah, that's got to be really difficult because she's already having a tough time yeah. adjusting to to the world itself, let alone to have, you know, this going on. So too. we rushed, yeah. we rushed out there. I mean, we put off work to even go out there. Mm. Yeah, that's awesome. For sure. And well, Russell, this is where you guys get to. Oh, good. good. And we were I, able I to say, help her, too. She was they're actually doing good. I still check on them from time to time. No, oh, that's great. That's good. That's really, really good. Like most teams, I, they'll just do one and done, and that's it. They won't talk to their clients. We constantly call right. our clients that we do and check up on them. Well, follow-up, I'm sure, is probably, if not more important than the first time yeah. because, yeah. you know, you get that initial contact mm-hmm. and you do that, you do really good work, but if you're not able to follow it up, you know, if certain things weren't followed or they didn't understand some of your direction to kind of help themselves out, then it kind of goes to waste, I would imagine. Like the one we did where the girl was partially possessed and the cross got scratched into her neck. We're like family there now. She invites us over for dinner. and That's awesome. That is awesome. She makes us little stuffed bears that we can give out to kids when we go to investigations. That's so cool. Do you find that, um, do you find that really, so I know you mentioned you go out and do other investigations, but do you take things from other, other investigations into the current one that you're in? I mean, so do you learn from that process? Um, yep. and is it, is like, it's like, as I'm sure not, it's not all one size fits all. I'm sure everything's just a little bit different. Yeah. There's always out, something to learn in the paranormal field. That's why there's no professionals in the field. Sure. Right. <laughs> yeah. You always learn always a paranormals. There's always something new to learn. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So what is what is your top like most crazy investigation you've ever done? Like the most stuff has happened. Would that be Waverly Hills? Yep. Waverly and then Hans Mill. Hans Mill. That's that's, that's here in Missouri. It's up here towards yeah. Bramer, Missouri. Okay. Uh, okay. The old Mormon okay. massacre site. That's why I remember it. Okay, yeah. Okay, it sounded familiar, but I couldn't place it. So yeah. our daughter goes to college in UMK, at UMKC, so we've been up there a bit, and mm-hmm. that's sort of jogged my memory. Yeah, yeah, that mm-hmm. place. If you go on the anniversary of the massacres, when you really get the activity. No, I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> we got that's the time we to go. Got crowded in at that one when we did that one. Hmm. I brought. A new member and one of her friends with us, and I didn't tell her friend that there was a tall black figure standing right behind her. <laughs> it's probably best. Yeah. But she turned around you... and happened to see it standing there, and she started crying. Yeah. And then we were walking Jeez. back, and something was whistling at us. Hmm. 
No, no way to just warn somebody or, or you know, warm <laughs> no. them up into something. Yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> By the way, just, just so you yeah. know, there's a ginormous freaking black figure behind you. <laughs> Gotta go. <laughs> and I think we're probably past 100 cases already we've done. Wow. Wow, that's a lot. My phone awesome. rings day and night. I'm constantly getting oh, I'm called. I'm sure. Well, that just shows how much of a need there is yeah. right. for it, you know. And is this what you do pretty much full time? I mean, I would imagine that's kind of. I do work a full time to job too. Wow. Oh, wow. You're busy, man. man. Yep. <laughs> and now we're. Congratulations, because that's time management right there. We're getting ready to do an <laughs> event in October in uh, St. Joe. Okay. Okay. Yeah. We're going to be guest speakers at a three day event. Oh, that's awesome. What's the what? name of the event? Yeah. KC Spirit and Paranormal Fair. Okay. I've seen an ad for that actually. Yeah, I have. Yeah. yeah, they just did one in Overland Park here last weekend. And then about a okay. month ago they did one in Kansas City. That's we were at the one in Kansas City cuz my cousin John Zaffis was there. Wow, awesome. John Zaffis. That's definitely uh, he he is definitely um every time he talks I listen. You know, there's just a yeah. lot of really great stuff that comes from him. Um yeah, it's awesome that, you know, you're related to him. It's just... Yeah, and I, I just found out in January. I found, oh, really? Yeah, really? I found a cousin down in Florida, and she was doing genealogy on the family, and she found that we're related. We're all related, and she's so my double wild. cousin. Huh. Wow. And Man. she's related to, to Ed and then John, and then mm-hmm. then you got well, you're... Chris McKennell. Which is Ed and Lorraine's grandson. Okay. Mm-hmm. He's got. Well, you're in the right field then yeah. for your, for your genetics, right? Yeah. No question about it. I actually yeah, just did. bought John a haunted item that I took from a location. Did you? Nice. That's in his museum now. I've got a couple That's more awesome. to give him. Well, so where you... do you put these things? You just keep yeah. them in your house until you're. Ready to I've got pass them locked them off. up. They're in case. No, yeah. <laughs> okay, that's good. <laughs> Off property. Okay. Oh, they're on the property, but they're out. Are they? They're outside in the shed. Uh, oh, good. good, good deal. <laughs> yeah. Well, with that being said, as far as uh, what's happening coming up, what what else you got going on? It's kind of a good opportunity to talk to to some of the things you may have going on, and uh, we got the ways people can reach you. The KC Spirit Fair coming up in St. Joe, October thirteenth through the fifteenth. We'll be there for three days, guest speaking on the paranormal and residential and stuff like that. So people can come see us if they want autographs. We're uh, waiting to hear from a producer. We've asked, been asked to be on Paranormal X as a guest. It's awesome. Well, congratulations. Yeah. That's awesome. Really? Congratulations. They had to put it on the back burner for now because they were filming another series for a major tv network so well that's exciting i mean yeah no, great things ahead yeah no kidding yep. and as far as people getting a hold of you as you said they can get in your website and, and obviously on facebook as well yep. and then um, all they have to do is search us on google beyond life paranormal research missouri okay awesome and same on facebook well, and then we're also on youtube oh okay it's well, that's uh, awesome. Beyond yeah, Life well, Paranormal Research, the Missouri edition. Perfect. Well, 
We'll make sure and add the links. Yeah, to we'll all add links. Yeah, well. for sure. So they think we get in touch we've with you. We've got a video on too. there where I took several different hunts. Our Waverly ones on there. So is our Missouri State Pen. Oh, great! And then, I'm gonna go uh, take a look. Haunted movie theater that we do in Marshall, Missouri, which was on okay. an episode Ooh. of Dead Files. Oh, really? Dead Files, yeah. yeah. That's a great show. Did you ever hear like Dead the, Files a lot. the episode called The Madhouse on Dead Files? I don't we probably yeah, watched we, it. I just don't have. Yeah. remember. That's the movie theater we'll that we all. do. Okay. Okay. Well, maybe we'll go check it out later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That place, well, Russell, that's we another pre- place that's active. Oh, I don't doubt it. I mean, you get some of those what old places. What is it about theaters? Well, it just maybe like the energy that's in there. Well, I mean, people go there for an that escape. That theater, and... there's there's a confirmed death out front on the sidewalk. Oh. Then there was oh, a girl that, that got kidnapped about a hundred feet from there. Jeez. Then there was the Ming's Hotel, which Ming shot his porter in the face. And then uh-huh. they locked Ming up in a mental ward, and he escaped and made it back to his hotel. Cops came to get him, and he shot himself. Jeez. That's where I remember it from. I remember that part. You're, okay, yes, okay. I do remember that. Yeah, that rang a bell when you said that. Okay. Yeah, Frank yeah. Cello, the manager, shot Estel Turner out on the sidewalk for messing with his wife. Yep, I have seen that. That's that's wild. And well, Russell, we're going to give you some of your time back because uh, <laughs> it sounds like you're pretty busy. Oh yeah, we <laughs> we're staying pretty busy. We're getting ready to go out on one this weekend. I also have my own podcast. I'm getting starting this Friday. Oh, cool! Through Great. Supernatural Link. What's the name of it? Supernatural Link. Okay. Yep. Awesome. We will definitely uh, put that link as well. Is it already up on? Uh, where are you hosting it through? Uh, Supernatural Link Entertainment. Okay. Okay. Well, yeah, and I'll I mean, be live on my Facebook page, my YouTube. That sounds great. And awesome. people definitely want to catch you. Ed there. and Lorraine's grandson's my first guest Friday night. Oh, awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. That's so cool. What a great way to kick it off. Yeah. No kidding, you know? right? <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. We won't keep you. I know you're a busy, man. Uh, thank you so much for being on yeah, the show. Thank you we for appreciate having all me. your time. Yeah. Hopefully, you know, maybe we can have you back and maybe explore a little bit more since we're right up the road from each other. Yeah, definitely. So- <laughs> We're always awesome. out for networking with teams. I know that paranormal unity, a lot of it's garbage now because a lot of teams are out for themselves and cut throats. Yeah. And... Sure. Yeah. Well, hopefully we can we can start turning that around a little bit. Yeah. You know? the, the more people <laughs> do this kind of thing, the more it gets a little bit more what I call grassroots, not so corporate, not so, you know. Right. A lot of that paranormal you know, drama has just been crazy lately in the backstabbing. Yeah. Right. We've mm-hmm. had our share mm-hmm. of it already. Have you? Yep. That's, That's unfortunate. Yeah. Got to take care of the community. Yep. So and we don't feed into that drama. We just stay humble and just keep going. Well, good deal. That's awesome. Well, all right, Russell, we're going to let you go and uh, we'll, we'll catch you later. All right. Wow. That was fantastic. He's, um, you know, like I like I said in the beginning, I, I knew that that he would have a wealth of information, but I didn't know quite that much. Um, mm-hmm. Again, Russell, thank you for being on the show um, and your team. You, know, you guys do some tremendous work in your community. So yeah, absolutely, it's important to to help people and not lose sight of that, right? Especially in in this field. 
Yeah. And I'm sure it's difficult for them because they've got, you know, kind of, we talked to them about, you know, it's, it's a lot of navigation of things to deal with when mm-hmm. not only you're dealing with the public, but you know, it, <clears throat> you know, paranormal, it, it touches people in such a personal place. So it's probably really difficult to, to especially go to somebody's home and in their you know, personal space. Right. I yeah. mean, you're in their space, so it's gotta be really mm-hmm. difficult to, first of all, to kind of keep everything, you know, keep everything down with, you know, try not to make expectations too high and trying to keep, I mean, it's just got to be a lot to manage. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So So for the Beyond Life Paranormal Research team, Mm -hmm. um, they do offer full paranormal investigation free. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. And they also offer home cleansing of negative spirits for free. That's awesome. And like you said, I mean, they're willing to travel out of the state of Missouri. So if there's anyone that's listening that, that has a problem or needs help, um, feel free to contact them. They want you to contact them. Absolutely. Um, we will, you know, post links on our Facebook page, um, to his website and, and any other contact information they may have to make it a little bit easier. Um, but the website is beyond life, paranormal research, Missouri. So yeah. pretty, 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 pretty easy to, yeah. <laughs> to find. Um, but they also have a Facebook page and he said you can just search it in Google. So yeah. that might be another way. Which might um, be pretty easy for everyone here. Yeah. 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 Well, again, another one of those episodes where you just, at the end, you're just like, wow, that was blown away a little blown bit, blown away a little mm-hmm. bit, which is good. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, that's definitely what we try to bring you guys is stuff that, that maybe you don't know about or you just haven't seen on TV or, you know, it's just one of those things where you don't get to see this type of stuff every single day. So we're happy to bring it to you. But other than that, hey, thanks for uh, thanks for coming and listening to us talk again. And <laughs> um, other than that, we can't wait to see you next week. Yep. See you next week. Bye. Music by Carl Casey at White Bat Audio. Please check us out on Facebook at Generation X Paranormal Podcast. Also check out our website, gxparanormal.com. And if you want to reach out with any stories or anything you want to reach out to us for, uh, 